Hello and welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman, and today I sit down with Anne-Marie Cherezo. Anne-Marie is a transformational coach who started really in mindfulness 10 plus years ago. She sees it as a thread that's been part of her life story. I met her when I was setting up social emotional programming for my local school, and she was on the speaker series. So she brings her wisdom and her life experiences to this conversation today. She supports parents and teens and women on a journey of reclaiming their most authentic selves, and most recently, working with women who are interested in stepping into a long-forgotten role of matriarch in our culture. I think you'll find this conversation really fascinating, and I'll see you in that episode. As always, thank you for being here. Hey there, welcome to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. I started this show to highlight the intuitives, healers, and other courageous women that I've met along my journey and continue to meet. Through amazing interviews, I seek to ask insightful questions to uncover ways in which you, the listener, can apply the wisdom and knowledge to your own life. I believe that we're all in this together, so sharing healing and joy and bringing community together is both my passion and purpose. If you'd like to learn more about the Mystical Sisterhood community I'm building, please visit www.mysticalsisterhood.com. See you in the episode. Welcome back to Mystical Sisterhood. This is your host, Maureen Spielman. And today I sit down with Anne-Marie Cherezo. And I'm very, very excited for this conversation. Uh, Anne-Marie is a transformational life coach. And she has a wealth of experience working with children, teens, families, schools, communities um, around mindfulness and a lot of tangents that come from mindfulness, presencing, um, being with ourselves, getting to know ourselves, showing up as authentically as we can. I'm just kind of going with the spirit of who you are, Anne-Marie. And I'll tell the listeners, I first met you um, what was probably, I'd guess, 10 years ago, plus maybe even. Mm -hmm. And I, along with a friend, had formed a group in our local school called Connect for Kids, and it was a North Shore Alliance that held a speaker series that we were able to go to. And I believe that's where we first met. Yeah. And you were in the beginning, I feel like, of the career that um, we'll talk about today has taken you on a steady path, but one that's had, you know, roads that go in different directions too, as you discover where your... Um, your skill set, your expertise, your wisdom, your life experiences are needed and and how that's changed and grown for you over time. But mm -hmm. I'll just say welcome with those few welcoming words. Thank you so much. Gosh, it's crazy to think about when I say things or when I hear you talk about like over 10 years ago and yeah. like how it almost feels like simultaneously a minute ago mm -hmm. and the way that life is happening so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I can remember that time and 
the endeavors that we were both embarking on. Mm-hmm. So that was, was that the beginning of your career um, and a, sort of a new line of work for you? No, that, that wasn't it. It was probably those, those seeds were planted probably a, well, <laughs> a decade before that, but I can even go back in my like psyche or my consciousness and find them way, way back into my own childhood, into the, like, you can see the, the seeds, how they've been planted over time and how they're gently guiding you in the right direction or a direction. I don't even know if it's, I want to call it the right direction, but an aligned direction. Uh Yeah. So what did that, um, what kind of through lines or threads do you see for yourself? Um, Like I can remember really odd things like as a child being drawn to things like gymnastics. And I remember having a book, it was called calisthenics and it was like this hardcover blue book. And I just remember um, like, like feeling like I was that that book was for me, you know, and really where, where that was. And I was probably 10 years old or something. So I was really, really young and where that's eventually led me is to this yoga path. Mm-hmm. And then the yoga path led me to a meditation path and a meditation path led me to a consciousness path and a consciousness path led me to a spiritual path and a spiritual path led me to a mystical path and energetic path and all these things that were like, you know, um, lily pads on the, on the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. ultimately I think, if you look back on your life and really trust Mm -hmm. that it's leading you. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me, I think I said it on an earlier, like an early podcast, but I think of what comes to mind for me is when I got off my path and I studied, I started studying nursing when I got to college and that's probably more in alignment with me, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it because it, it meant that I had to leave the campus I was studying on to go to the medical school in another city. And um, so I said, well, I'm not going to do that. And then I went into political science and even worked on Capitol Hill for just a little bit. And um, that wasn't my direction. And I sometimes think like, what was that? But maybe it was just for discernment or to let allow me to see if it was for me. And then I came back and I went into speech pathology. So always, it is true that uh, life does guide us and, and, and keeps on inviting us forward as to what our purpose and path is. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, you and I both have young adult kids and they're navigating this time in life, right? Like yes. what's next and where am I headed? And, you know, someone laid out the path for me for 20 some odd years. And now here I am at 22 years old and where do I go and what do I do and how do I cover up my own path? And, and there is this sense I'm sensing, I sense it in my kids as they've navigated these stages, but it's like, what's the right thing to do. And I would say like you taking that quote unquote diversion is perfect and everything's perfect. And everything is here guiding us, even when we find it uncomfortable or especially Mm -hmm. when we find it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because my daughter just graduated college in May and she's, you know, she's figuring things out and it's really uncomfortable. And someone said, well, you know, what are you doing while she's so uncomfortable? And I, you know, I said, I'm wishing 
for the greatest amount of discomfort. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the most possible suffering such that she can really wake herself up to what her soul is calling her towards. And I don't know what that is. I have no idea what that is. Exactly. We don't know. And you are able, I'm guessing, a lot of people would not wish that, but you are based on, I think, your practices I'm projecting, or but is that you have the ability to hold space for that discomfort. And I think if we kind of, today I want to talk about like your work around parenting, because I think that there's some important things to say. You have a very a bigger um, family because it's a blended family. Mm-hmm. You said three children of your own and I think six yep. additional. So you have a, you have um, many young adults you are guiding plus all your training and everything. And then weave into your current work with women. But um, yeah, I mean, what comes to mind to you when you think about the children we're raising today and some of almost the skill set or ways of being that we are be, we're, we're being more invited to be in as parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really great question. I think I've spent the last 25 years <laughs> trying to figure that out and uncover that. Right. Because I don't know about you, but you know, 26 years ago when I first became pregnant with my first child, which is, or actually I was about to give birth to my first child. Um, I got all the books. And I'm like, I'm going to read about this thing called parenting and I'm going to be the best parent I can be. And I'm going to, I want the guidebook. I got what to expect when you're expecting. And I like highlighted and tagged it and bookmarked it. And I, you know, and I was going to do this parenting thing, right. And like, I've been trying to figure that out for the last (laughs) five years. Yeah. And, and what I got with like, it's not about parenting. It's just about like, how can I step more deeply into most authentic expression of unconditional love that I can be in any given moment in relationship to anyone on the planet? Yeah. My kids are really like my greatest teachers to trigger me, to wake me up, to poke me, to prod me, to, you know, to show me the way. Yeah. And so for a long time, my attention and my work in the world was around like conscious parenting, how to be the best conscious parent almost. And then all of a sudden I got with like, oh, that's not it at all. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what we're up to or here to do. Like, this isn't about me being a particular way, or it is about me being a particular way. It's not mm-hmm. me being the perfect parent so that my kids are a particular way. It's about yeah. Yeah. me being just my most authentic, most aligned, most alive self and inviting others into that energetic space so that they too can step into their most alive, you know, aligned energetic self. So, so beautiful. And I think that's a really important point that as the different kind of, you know, I was trained in Dr. Shafali's conscious parenting, but it's not an end game. It's not, it's not a place of perfection. And it's not because with that, if we're holding ourselves up to this ideal of what that looks like or what, it, what we're creating it to look like, 
can create a lot of shame too. And I think what you're saying is that, um, freaking hard. Yes, so hard. <laughs> yeah. And their kids are our teachers and they lead us to our inner wisdom. And so when you say the unconditional love for others, I'm guessing that that's been also work for yourself. Of course. Yeah. 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 Like, of course. Mm. And, you know, and there's this, there's this thread of motherhood that as we're both entering, you know, middle stages of life, right? So I'm mothering children, they're not even children, young adult children. And then there's your, your aging parents. Mm -hmm. And then there's your relationship to your significant other, if there is one. Um, And then there's the friendships and like, there's, there's a way in which there's this matriarch, matriarchal energy coming forward that has been stripped away in service of showing up the way that the collective and the cultural norms have, have claimed we are to be. And we're forgetting or have forgotten the true power that's within us as women, as mothers, as matriarchs in our family systems. And it's not about being perfect. It's about loving perfectly. Mm. It's about holding boundaries beautifully. It's about really owning your power in the most magical and magnificent ways. Um, And that, like reclaiming that, stepping back into our light, that's the gift. That's, that's luscious. (laughs) I love that. And and then when you were talking about, you know, how we've been trained away from it, I, I find myself going back through the decades. Like, when did that begin? When did that begin? And like, my mind's going back through the eighties, the seventies, this, right. Mm-hmm. And you, you just go back and back and back when that, like a modern culture in a way, I, maybe it's the industrialized, I'm not a specialist in this, but through every passing year and decade, cultures just weighed in more and more and more. And it's reclaiming. I've had so many conversations recently about getting back to what's essential. I mean, when, when it's like, if I speak for myself, I pick up a lot of books that are nonfiction and I love that. And that's beautiful and everything, but man, do I miss sitting down with a novel and just, um, I come from, you know, sisters and my mom was a big reader and we used to, that was just communal for us. And we would share the titles and we would discuss them uh-huh. and it was simple and it was easy, but, you know, just even in that kind of shared experience, the giving and the receiving and the, the essential, uh, essentialism, the simplicity, I, I love that. And I think that there's a real call back for it right now. Oh, there has been for so, so long and culture has sort of stripped us away from that. Just think about our lifestyle. It's like, wake up, get up, get the kids out the door or wherever you're at your stage in life. It's like, get up, get out the door, go, 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 come home, you know, make meal, work out, do whatever. Like there's the, there's this like rushing mm-hmm. energy that's sort of at the, the weaving into our lives. There's very little being spaces to just be. Yeah. And we're stripped of um, community, stripped of connection to each other. 
we've been put into a competitive culture where it's me against you rather than a we, like how can we support one another? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's all sorts of ways. And and that's that that's sort of like bleeding into all areas of our culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so um I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking of women and us taking the space and the time for ourselves. And I'm also thinking of that wisdom we hold as we do guide, if if one is guiding the next generation. And if we are rediscovering and remembering ancient kind of tools, right? Yeah, that that were always, yeah, we're always within us, you know, what is there for us to kind of cultivate and hand down to this very, very modernized uh, generation coming up? Yeah. Well, there's, there's, um, you know, one of the things I used to say to um, parents that I work with, and I say it to, to everyone I work with now is like the real experts actually within. So you can go buy a million books and read a million books, which raise your hand. If you've done that, I've done that. <laughs> and, and that wisdom is important. It's important, but it's important to the, 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 the importance of that is reading something because it's resonating back to a truth within you. Mm-hmm. So it's reminding you of a truth that's within you. It's not that, you know, X, Y, Z author knows some truth that they've now just somehow bestowed upon me or you. Right. Yeah. It is, oh, it's, it's waking me up. It's waking. My sister is waking me up. Mm-hmm. Her words are waking me up. His words are waking me up. And we are here to wake each other up. Yeah, That's what yeah. we're here to do. And sometimes that looks like a gentle nudge. And sometimes it looks like a poke. And sometimes it looks like smack across the face. Like <laughs> whatever, like love will show us the way. Love will show us how to wake one another up, how to wake ourselves up if we're willing to trust trust that path and follow. follow along. Yeah, I love it. Um, do you see... Uh, through your active work with people, um, whether it be through the parenting or women now, do you see things changing? Do you find that there's a new opening occurring or what are you kind of seeing? I, I'm seeing, well, it's interesting with the young people that, um, I, I talk to there's, there's like a, um, if you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see me, but like <laughs> describe it with words, there's like an angst. There's like a breaking out, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. something like that they're like, there's like a shell and it's like the chicken inside the shell or something. And, and it's just trying to crack out. And there's like, yeah, whatever, whatever's been created isn't quite, it's not fitting me. Ooh, yeah. That's what I'm seeing happening, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and for years I used to say to parents, um, you know, your kids who are not falling into the traditional paradigm, they, there's actually like, we have to stop looking at what's wrong with them Mm -hmm. and start looking at what's wrong with us in this culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. what's going on that this culture is creating so much stress, so much anxiety, so much depression, depression, so much resistance from the young people. Like the young people are here to wake us up. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever's going yeah. on over there, by the way, it's not working. Look, look at I what think, you yeah. created. Look, it's on I, 
so agree with you. And um, I feel like they are saying that and it's showing up in their anxiety. It's showing up in um, different mental states, emotional, you know, crises really. And um, I think we are kind of, I don't know, as parents, torchbearers, they're, they're messengers for it. But I feel like I know for myself, it is standing up to the system too, because we begin, it doesn't mean you have to be an activist and have to, you know, crusade. Like I think I used to do a little bit more trying to change systems, but even individually speaking up for what's right for our children. And I, and I don't know from the teacher perspective, if they're starting to hear more voices, because I, I'm having more conversations from parents who are tuned in and beginning to tune in and beginning to be willing to listen to what they, what their child has to say, which is so incredibly important. Yeah. I think that listening, like listening deeply, Mm -hmm. listening with all three centers of your intelligence, um, that thing that women like are really good at. So we're really, really good at listening beyond the words and tuning into the energy that's coming forward. All of us can do that with our bodies and with other beings on the planet. So be that our children or significant relationships or um, anyone in the world. Like we, we have this great ability to be attuned to it all, attuned to all of life Mm -hmm. because the center of creation lives within us. Right. So we are attuned to that. Yeah. So when we, when we're deeply trusting ourselves, when we're deeply listening to ourselves and blocking out the noise of the culture and, and, um, and then tuning into what's in right relationship, that requires um, some courage mm-hmm. because it does mean saying no to this like whole like onslaught of yeses, right? Everyone around us is saying one thing and we're saying, wait a minute, that's not quite so right. And I want to do it differently. And then you're getting all the, the pushback of like, well, no, you can't. And here's why. And so I think it's really important. So you asked the question, what am I getting from who I'm talking mm-hmm. to these days? I think mm-hmm. the women I'm talking to, partic- particularly us who've entered this mid stage of life, right? That we're like looking back onto the last, you know, half of our life and looking forward to the next future. And we can see more clearly we can sort of see that what's been happening hasn't necessarily always been of service Mm. and where I'm headed. I'm not sure the culture is going to take me there. And so something new has to be created. If we want to create a new outcome, a different outcome. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Such a beautiful invitation. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And we've been, we've been cultured to think that we always need to turn to our mind to find out the answers Mm -hmm. and what you're saying. I hear you saying it's it's probably a combination, but really moving into the heart space and your divine intelligence and what, you know, I was in what you were just sharing too. I was reminded of how we began of sitting with someone else's pain. I mean, And my training is a lot about sitting with your own emotions. And I know when I was looking through just your bullet points on your online course of 
feeling your feelings. You know, it's really honoring. Um, I feel like when I was younger, I always used to hear mind, body, spirit, but I was attracted to it, but I didn't really have a sense of what it really was. Yeah. And we are truly multi-dimensional beings. Yeah, we are. And I think we're meant to operate from all of these places. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Maybe equally. <laughs> well, the mind is not the master. And I would say when I first started studying mindfulness, I just didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand. What does it mean? <laughs> be present and I'm sitting there and I'm doing it and I'm doing it. It took me a few years until I finally <laughs> got it. Yeah. And it sort of takes time, right. Mm-hmm. To unwind the workings of the mind. Yes. Yes. And then it takes a little bit more time to drop in to the heart. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thanks that- for sharing that though, Anne-Marie, the part about that you didn't get it for a while because I think it's such an unraveling to get to the space of our emotions and what we're feeling in our body and sort of learning the teachings. Cause like you were saying, like when we pick up all those beautiful nonfiction books, uh, they're full of information that touch and lighten, um, bring that light forward within us. Another thing that came to mind when you were speaking in that segment was I often think that when I read some of those books, whether it's Eckhart Tolle or, Wayne Dyer or Caroline Meese, whoever it is, that um, they're channeling the information because it seems so divine when I'm reading it. Yeah. But then we're all channeling information all the time. And so let's not put ourselves as inferior to um, others just because that channeling, like we're perceiving it a certain way. One thing that I is a guiding light for me for the podcast, and I didn't know this, and I started inviting people. Um, I think today, I think you're around like the 39th or 40th episode, but what I was realizing that were gurus were amongst us yeah. and that we are all gurus. And you just yeah. said something to that fact, like the, the, we, we are the creator within. So, I mean, let's, for the audience, let's talk about that. And just that we are all the gurus. We have the answers. We you know, we can, we can bring in whatever we need, but we also, um, can be looking within ourselves. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's the most important lesson I think I've learned Yeah, in my life to date. And I expect there to be many, many, many more unfolding, but it is like the gurus in here. Yeah. I have all the answers. I just have to get all the doubts and the fears and the mm. garbage and the gunk mm-hmm. and the and the programming and the culture, all of that out of the way so that I'm available to hear the wisdom that's in here. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's not an easy thing to do in our culture. That's just not an easy thing to do. So I, I want to honor that piece too, which is why community is so important. It's why practice is so important. It's why creating safe spaces to, to remember is so important Yeah, because we have to plug ourselves back in. Well, and I think the deep need is, is seen as well, because, um, I always say this, but years ago, um, a former guest, uh, Susan Lucci, she held circles in my town. It was probably around the time that I met you. And my, my takeaway was when you ask the question, and these were in women's groups, typically, I don't think they were intentionally that way. I'm not sure. But 
when you ask the question, oh, it's just the the sharing comes pouring out. The people are so vulnerable. They so I, that to me says, yeah, we're looking for safe spaces. We are looking for the upgraded conversations. We want to be there in that vibration. Yes, because we want to be more connected to that part of ourselves that knows it's connected to the truth. That, that is such a missing link for us. If you, um, I think that finding a practice that works for, you know, a person, um, I can speak from my own experience, finding a practice that works, um, is it's, it, that can be a journey too. You know, we can think one thing, do you tend to look at your self-care? Does it look, um, the same way? Or do you like to mix it up? Do you try not to put a time limit or, you know, like shoulds to, I saw something the other day, I get these emails from um, an upstart a few years ago called commune. I think it's called commune. Commune. And um, I didn't read the article. I didn't need to, but it said like five reasons you should throw away your spiritual checklist. And it made me laugh. So anyway, I mean, anything that you have to offer or guiding wisdom for a listener who might feel, gosh, I just can't find what practice is there for me. I, I think I want to be doing something. Where do I even begin? Or how, how do I not be hard on myself about it? Yeah. It's really funny. You bring this up today because, um, (laughs) for, for a period of time now, let's call it the last nine or 10 months. Um, I've had, my practice has been, you know, get up at five 30, um, have a, a short yoga practice, just less something to get my body moving. Um, a couple of, couple of kinds of meditation, depending on what's in my practice in the moment, some journaling, a reading. Um, there's like a whole, there's a whole thing I had, and it was yeah. literally a three hour experience, which was incredibly decadent and quite delightful. Um, and not sustainable. Right. So suddenly like summer came and, you know, the house got fuller and the, the, the season changed. So yeah. then I wasn't as diligent about my practice. So suddenly they got like, okay, I'm going to not do this part and do this part. And I started getting in judgment around it. Mm-hmm. And then the more I got in judgment around it, the less mm-hmm. I wanted to go to my altar. And, um, and it, it so today, I had this awareness was like, well, let's just shake this thing up a little bit. Like maybe we don't need to do a three hour thing. Maybe it, maybe we need to try something different. So I changed up my, my morning practices today and I did make them a little bit briefer and I added in a new meditation. It was just like, I gave my, my, my morning practice facelift. I love it. (laughs) And so what I would invite people who are listening in to think about it as like, what is nurturing in this now moment for you? Mm -hmm. And by the way, what's nurturing for you is not nurturing for me or may not be nurturing for me. Mm -hmm. So find what's right for you. For some people, it's like, go on a hike. For some people, it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, take a swim. I have a friend who swims every day religiously for an hour in the mornings. So whatever it is that drops you into your body Mm -hmm. and out, you know, of the noise of the world around you, I invite you to do that. Mm -hmm. And that can be for two minutes or it can be for two hours. I don't really care. That's Um, so interesting. I love it, Anne-Marie. I love the shakeup. And uh, I'm thinking that's an interesting thing to me because I think a lot of people um, 
like to dip in and take some time hearing messages on podcasts too. And I, it, I never knew anything about podcasts really, or the reach they could have or how it could, you know, give just something to a person's life. And I listen to a few now more than I ever have, but, um, it, that can be a refuge too to hear yeah. messages like this. And I, and that's, I think that's something that I, um, love to do through mystical sisterhood is to bring some soul nourishing ideas to the energy, the energy and the experience of listening to, you know, like this conversation today. Yep. I, uh, podcasts were on my list for a while too, where I would listen to them in the morning, like find something inspiring. I was not listening to like the news. Um, and soul inspiring. I wrote that down. Soul nourishing ideas. Love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also, um, that idea of what nourishes you versus what drains you and, and talk about like with your work now with, stepping into our womanhood and the matriarchy, like really being discern about discerning of with that. And, um, you know, a lot of, some people like to listen to the news. I hear so many people say they choose not to, and I tend to fall on that side of things for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, as, as I knew, Gosh, I knew from a young age, I didn't like scary things. Right. And yet, and I saw my daughter go through it. Like it was all the thing to watch scary things, freshman and sophomore year of high school. And then she's like scared out of her mind, but that we don't want to be bringing in fear inducing uh, mediums, whether it be the news or the. um, We don't need any more of that than already exists. Thank you. So, you know, maybe I'm not sure. I guess each individual has to decide what's right for them. And I guess, I guess the question would be is how does it make you feel? Yeah. I mean, my, my main devotional practice right now is letting my body lead me Mm -hmm. and paying attention to what is my body telling me? Not what is my head telling me? Like what are the sensations that are occurring in my body here to tell me? And can I get radically like acquainted with my body? I love that. And that's, that's a huge invitation that I think I would like to invite your audience to is like, can you really pay attention? Can you quiet the mind long enough to drop in and feel what's occurring Mm -hmm. so that you can use the intelligence that's beyond the intellect? right? Because there mm-hmm. is an intelligence that we are plugged into that goes way beyond the intellect that is far more intelligent than we can ever imagine. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, that's mystical. Like that's stepping into the mystical in a big, mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, offering that to our children, our teens our and uh, my youngest is at the end of high school now. And I don't know about you, but I laugh sometimes. I'm like, okay, this kid out of my three kids have has gotten the most spirituality in a different sense. Like I'll talk to him about everything, but I really think in the it, it allows him to consider things in a different way. It allows him to know that he's more than just his grades or his performance on a sports field. 
And I know that's going to benefit because I think that's what's being called for, like a new, um, I don't know, just the deconstruction of the older paradigms to usher in what's new. And we don't even know what that's going to look like yet. We have no idea. And I think this is the thing that we are selling our kids short, this next generation really short, because we've sold them the story that we know what the outcome is. Like if you do this and you do this, you're going to get this job and you're going to have this kind of life. And that's what it's all about. And they've really been like sold a lie about the reality of life. Yeah. And this is why they're suffering. This is why they're anxious. This is why they're depressed. This is Mm -hmm. why they're struggling so much because it's not turning out the way they've been promised. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're so honed into it with your um, kids. Cause I've been thinking more kind of for myself, you know, when I'm talking to you about sitting with a book, sitting, um, not distracted is yeah. just this whole idea of like, how, how do we mindfully get away from our devices? So hard. Yeah. It's so hard. I have a really hard time with it. Yeah. I it's think connection. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that I've seen within myself, if I'm transparent, more, more usage, I don't look at numbers or whatever, but I feel, and you know, when I go to bed at night, you know, my daughter's in college, my older son's at college. And I feel like, well, if I'm not there to answer the call and all these things, but so I think that, but there are spaces where if I am watching a TV program at night, if I put it in the other room it's better for me because I don't need to be multitasking, but any kind of simple things that you try for yourself. Well, it's so funny because I I find it really, really difficult. And we our remote is on our phone. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm to sit and engage with a big giant phone, which is my TV, um, I still have to use my little phone to like access the program. It's like, I can't escape it ever. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think I have anything new or interesting to offer that anyone else doesn't already know other than this is about free will. This is about choice. This is about awareness. I really, um, and it's, it's about being in conscious relationship to this device that can be a really useful tool. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's, um, Right. I was just going to make a joke about <laughs> sending compassion to our phone. <laughs> Unconditional love, but Unconditional love. <laughs> I do a lot of gratitude for my phone. Like it keeps me connected to my kids. It keeps yeah. me connected to the people I love. It's a really useful tool when I get lost and I need directions. And right. Right. Um, so there's all sorts of beauty in it. Again, yes. it's not about the device itself. It's about how we're in relationship to it. And, mm. you know, I have a lot of fear about the next generation and their addiction to these devices because we're not nearly as addicted. Our brains are not nearly as addicted as their brains are. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they're going to have to really grapple with. Yeah. I often wonder if there'll be a backlash, but I do think, you know, technology is ushering in the future so many ways. And it's, and we're still, you know, in ways like we're in that in between still, right? Like when with AI, I can have that free will, the choice about whether I want to use that or not. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So, and how will that change? I was, I went to a college night recently at the high school and the 
high school um, counselors are calling the colleges to say, how is AI factoring into your applications? And just all these, um, gosh, and I, I think I remember it was a while ago, maybe less than 10 years, but I remember someone saying, we don't even know what the jobs of the future will be. And I, I found that fascinating because at the time I'm like, what are they talking about? Well, now I know what they're talking about. We have no idea. Yeah. We have no idea. And I also heard myself think like, who cares if people are using AI? Like who even cares? Like, why are, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to start chasing down every college essay and see if it was written by AI? Like what, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. And at some point it's the, um, I know you said you're not on Instagram much anymore, but maybe, maybe it was, I don't, maybe it was an old one, but just like, acceptance and surrender and letting go and acceptance of the as is the present moment. Yeah. Maybe AI is a beautiful gift. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. And Mm -hmm. I get to choose how I'm going to be in relationship to AI. So, yeah, it's kind of funny too, because if you, if you, like you were saying earlier, if we are to crowd out the voices, then, then you get to decide, right. Mm-hmm. And then don't have to read all the articles about it. It's just like, you get to decide, you get to decide. And it seems like a lot cleaner to me, like a lot purer if we get to decide and make our choices. Yeah. And again, I want to like bring home this point, like to me, the most fundamental thing we can be learning as women, particularly as women, because I believe that, um, like reimagining the matriarchy in our culture mm-hmm. is fundamental to our future success. Mm-hmm. And if we can remember to tune in to that still small voice within, that voice of wisdom, that deep voice of knowing, really step into that mystical part of ourselves yeah. and trust that voice that is the single most important thing that we can do as women on the planet right now. Yeah. And so I'm thinking of that right there, Anne-Marie, and anything that a listener is going through, whether it is, you know, a child going through a hardship or a social issue or um, deciding, you know, if you should move your aging parent just the the sitting and the quieting and the stillness. And that's why, you know, to the point of doesn't have to look like a practice that is this long or anything like that. You can cultivate these practices within the moments of your day and reach like we began today setting an intention just to kind of bring an open heartedness and a truthfulness. I think we touched upon, you know, safety and in going almost like following I almost feel like sometimes it's magnetizing, but list a lot of the conversation today, I feel is like really listening into your truth yep. and um, deciding on the outer, what that is for you taking from this conversation, what that is for you. And, but just taking the self-honoring time every day to sink in and appreciate yourself, know that you have the wisdom and ask the inner questions. Like, what do I think about this? How do I feel about it? And just wait, just give yourself some time. Yeah. And I, I would even say like, what does spirit want? Mm-hmm. If you have a spiritual, you know, if you have a connection to your higher self or, um, and, and asking for that guidance every day and listening for what comes through and 
um, not expecting it to make sense, mm-hmm. you know, not, and, and, and don't expect it to be comfortable. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I feel like we're getting guidance all the time and, um, whether we're going to accept, I, it's like dancing around us all the time, what we're being called to step into. And it's old patterns that sometimes keep us back. I see myself in my business all the time. There's many things I do do, but I'll have like so many ideas, but then they don't get off the paper because of my, my resistance because of conditioning or where women's places. So I um, really honor and I'm excited about um, the work that you're stepping into and following that path that's unfolding in front of you to bring the beauty and the invitation to women. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as we kind of finish up here today, we, we touched upon a lot of different things. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we tell listeners where to find you? Mm-hmm. It's going to settle into that for a moment. If there's a little quiet on the other end, Anne-Marie's uh, <laughs> sinking into how she, <laughs> what information is here for her? I think, I think, um, I mean, I, I always think my, my biggest message is really trust yourself. Mm. That's the biggest message that yeah. um, trust the guidance that comes within and but I, I think what I just said a minute ago, it's like, it won't always make sense. It won't always feel comfortable and it might be really messy and trust that too. Yeah. That's really pretty. And it makes me think that when we trust ourselves and we put the investment into trusting, creating safety within ourselves it's going to allow us to trust in those around us and the decisions they make in the path they're on. Cause if we can trust in ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can trust the messy, uncomfortable stuff and you can hold that for yourself, then when you see it happening out there in your children in your significant other, in your family system, in your workplace, you know, that that too is of service to some part of awakening that is necessary for personal and collective awakening. So it's really like, trust the mess. Mm -hmm. Because it's messy. Yeah. And it's here for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, I love that about you is that um, I, I know that you bring a real humanity to mm-hmm. who you are and being able to name that this whole perfection thing never was meant to be never it's 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 I got life. swept up in it though Maureen like, <laughs> I, I was trying really hard for perfection this yeah. didn't happen. no and then yeah <laughs> then here we are with this beautiful conversation yeah. so um where can the listeners find you what are the best places right now Best place is my website, annemariechereso.me. Um, I am on Instagram and I'm really sporadic. Talk about messy, inconsistent <laughs> over there. I've been really posting, but I may get back to that. Um, but those are the two places that you can find me. I'd love for anyone who wants to hang out a little bit more to join my newsletter. You can do that on um, my website. And yeah, well, thank you. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. And May your work 
exponentialize and mm. just expand into the universe. And mm. like we were saying before we started, just the perfect people coming to sit and be and have these new conversations. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Your work. Say the word again for me. I said exponentialize. Yeah, I love that <laughs> word. I was trying to spell it in my head as you said it. Um, I feel the same for you. Thank you for in, um, inviting yeah. me into your orbit. And yes, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you for the listeners. If you heard anything today that really um, inspired you, feel free to leave a review, but more importantly, share with anyone in your world who would benefit. We'll see you next time. Deep bow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mystical Sisterhood. If you love what you heard, please visit Apple Podcasts and subscribe and leave a review and share with a friend if you're called to do so. To learn more about my one-on-one coaching programs or join the Mystical Sisterhood membership, visit MaureenSpielman.com or MysticalSisterhood.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you in the next episode.